to Healthcare Tips with Ambiance, where we give you simple tips and tools to help you navigate your health journey. I'm your host, Regine Josie, family nurse practitioner and the founder of Ambiance Primary Care in Silver Spring, Maryland, where our focus is healthcare made simple. And today, we're taking a look at prenatal and postpartum depression. We just got through Mental Health Awareness Month in May, and postpartum depression is a thing. So let's talk about it. We have the honor of being joined by Dr. Teresa Mann. She's a board-certified OBGYN with over 23 years practicing medicine in both the private and the public sector. Currently, she's practicing in Connecticut. Dr. Mann, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And it is such an important topic. And it's not only timely, it's timeless. My goodness. Please tell us a little more about your specialty and what you focus on with your patients. Yeah. So as an OBGYN, I specialize in women's health. So the OB or the obstetrics part focuses on pregnancy, childbirth, and postpartum care, which is a large majority of what I do. I provide labor and delivery services and care to women, basically in all stages of pregnancy, as well as doing vaginal births and cesarean deliveries. Uh, The GYN or gynecology really focuses on female reproductive health, providing preventative care and treatment to women with those health concerns. Now, there are so many emotions associated with pregnancy, from trying to conceive to seeing those two lines on the pregnancy test for the first time, and then Mm. all the things that come along with the pregnancy itself, you know, doctor's visits, baby showers, prepping for the nursery. I mean, it can be a beautiful experience. However, for some women after the birthing process and even sometimes during the pregnancy itself, there is a moment you think to yourself, is this really happening? Like, can I actually do this? Do I even want to do this? And for some, there's a guilt that sets in for even thinking those thoughts, right? And then here we come with postpartum depression. Talk to us about um, just some of the differences between prenatal and postpartum depression, including just some of the signs and symptoms that we can look look to recognize. Sure. Well, first of all, I'll tell any people listening, <laughs> it's totally normal to have those thoughts and those feelings. Very common. Um, postpartum and perinatal depression now has come under a much bigger umbrella and it's called perinatal mental health conditions that really includes depression, anxiety, bipolar. And believe it or not, it's one of the most common complications of pregnancy. And that includes the 12 months after childbirth. And just Mm -hmm. to give you an example, you know, when we think of some of the things that could happen in pregnancy, um, preterm birth has a prevalence rate of about 10%. Gestational diabetes, 9%. High blood pressure, hypertension disorders of pregnancy like preeclampsia, 9%. Mm. Perinatal mental health conditions has an overall prevalence rate of over 13%. And believe it or not, there were some studies done looking by state how high the prevalence rate is. And some states are as high as 23%. Oh, my goodness. yeah, it's it's really really a big big issue. It affects one in five people, and it, as you as you mentioned, it it can occur during pregnancy, within the first year after birth, or prior, pre-existing the pregnancy. Yeah. 
So in terms of the symptoms or, or the things that we might see, uh, it's basically five or more symptoms present for two weeks at least, and is really a change from someone's previous level of functioning. Okay. And one of the two symptoms has to either be a depressed mood, feeling sad, hopeless, empty, yeah. um, or decreased interest or pleasure in almost all activities. Mm-hmm. So one of those two things. Other symptoms, um, significant weight loss, greater than 5% of weight loss when not dieting, with not deliberately trying to lose weight or decreased appetite, uh, inability to sleep, insomnia. Uh, mm. some, some experience excessive sleepiness or hypersomnia, um, feeling restless or agitated, or the person may exhibit that, mm. or they may show uh, a a lack of energy or fatigue, Um, and then feelings of worthlessness, um, excessive feelings of guilt, which you touched on, uh, inability to concentrate, um, and in the more severe form, thoughts of dying, thinking about suicide, planning for suicide. Right. And then I I also just want to touch on anxiety. And although anxiety doesn't fall under that list, it really is significant. And I'm seeing a lot of that in my practice. Absolutely. Uh, yes, right. And and it's um, and when we say anxiety, what what does that mean? Apprehension, worry, um, going on for at least six months, where the the individual can't even control how much they're experiencing that worry. What might they show? Restlessness, being mm-hmm. on edge easily fatigued, they're irritable, again, sleep disturbance, unable to get a good rest. And it's important because anxiety can be a prominent symptom of postpartum depression Mm. and a strong predictor of perinatal depression. So it really is also very, very important. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just, I wanted to kind of touch on that real quick in terms of just some of the subtle behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of see some common, um, you know, indicators of depression, if anything, in pregnancy or uh, uh, perinatal type of um, depressive uh, disorders or mannerisms. But is there anything subtle that we could maybe consider or see or mannerisms that uh, people should be aware of when considering the prenatal and the postpartum phases? Yeah, you know, prenatally, um, first of all, as providers, one of the things that you might see, there are some physical things, for example, low birth weight, low infant birth weight, preterm birth, these types of things are are definitely associated with perinatal mood disorders. Um, but one thing you might see is, is somebody who's not showing up for care, not showing mm. up for appointments, or self-medicating, substance use. Mm. Um, so those are the types of things you might see prenatally postnatally, you might see a mom who really is unable to care for themselves for their own physical needs, assume responsibilities that they normally would take care of or household chores. Um, uh, you might see poor bonding with the infant, um, mm. fighting with a partner, that kind of thing. Wow. Now, can you maybe speak to how depression um, can affect those who've experienced some of those traumatic um, situations where you have miscarriages or, 
you know, even those who are trying to conceive or even stillbirths. Yes. So these are really um, devastating events. Mm -hmm. um, miscarriage, loss of the pregnancy, often in the first trimester, 13 yeah. weeks or less. Although you can have pregnancy loss after that, as you mentioned, you could have a baby die in the womb eight months full term. Right. It can happen. Um, and they're just absolutely devastating events. Um, and even people seeking infertility treatments, mm. you know, the stress of that, not only the expense, but the emotional um, roller coaster they go on. Is this going to work? Am I going to have a conceive? And if they are able to conceive, is it, does it survive? They're immensely stressful. And these um, things, pregnancy loss, miscarriage, fall under the category of risk factors that are really more specific to anxiety. Right. And post-traumatic stress too, in some cases, particularly mm. with a, a pregnancy loss late, late in pregnancy. Mm. And, and why is that anxiety important? Well, as I mentioned, anxiety is a strong predictor of perinatal depression, mm. and it's often comorbid with depression in almost 30% of, of people. Wow. So it is um, also very important. Now, in terms of some practical resources or tools that can be implemented, um, like, you know, in the home, say you have someone who is dealing with this um, uh, prenatal type of or perinatal type of uh, depression or during the pregnancy, they have these symptoms. What kind of practical resources do you uh, recommend? Okay, so there's definitely some things that an individual can do. The first and probably the hardest, in my opinion, is actually asking for support mm. um, because people know when they're struggling. Right. This is <laughs> people true. around them may not know, but they know. Yeah. Um, the second, self-care. And that means a lot of different things to different people. But, you know, self-care is as simple and profound as resting when you're tired, when you're hungry, stopping and having something to eat, eating a balanced, nutritious diet. Mm. Um, physical activity and exercise, believe it or not, just getting out for a walk, simple things. Those types of things have shown some reduction in depression scores. Right. Um, avoiding substance use. Mm. Um, a big one is sleep hygiene all over the news lately, causing all kinds of problems. Right. You don't get an adequate rest at night. Sleep dysregulation can be a trigger for illness exacerbation, mm. especially postpartum. You know, it's so important, even if you can have a support person available at night occasionally to mm. take you infant care or an infant feed to allow the mother to get a longer amount of rest. Rest. It's necessary. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then whatever, you know, whatever you can do to reduce stress um, in your life. And, and some individuals have really difficult issues going on. They, they don't have help with childcare or access mm -hmm. to transportation to get to appointments and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so any of the, anywhere somebody can get help to reduce those kind of stress um, inducing life events that we all, we all run into is helpful. Now you have a very special something that you are uh, promoting and I really, really am excited to hear about it. Can you share a little bit about that, about that information? 
Oh, yes, I sure can. And thank you for asking. So I, uh, of course, one of the things I do after I deliver my moms is I go and see them postpartum while they're in the hospital. And for years, um, well, first of all, let me say this. After you have a delivery, any woman who's had a baby knows this. You know, there can be a lot of swelling around the labia. Mm -hmm. When you have a baby, you can be very sore after birth. Sometimes you have cuts or tears that can happen in the vagina or the perineum, that area between the vagina and the rectum. Mm -hmm. um, and so after birth, you can be pretty uncomfortable. And right. one of the things that really helps with that is kind of applying some ice to the area. So I would come and see my moms and they'd be sitting in bed with a diaper on with ice in the folds. Wow. <laughs> and and I'd, I, for years, I said to myself, this is so terrible. This is so undignified. <laughs> we, we have to have something better. And I kept saying, somebody has to think of something. And then I thought, well, you dummy, you should think of it. <laughs> you know what to do to help these women. And oh, so I made, I made a panty, it's called Pips Panty, and it really stands for perineal ice panty, but huh. some people call it postpartum ice panty, which is totally fine too. It's a, it's an adorable boy short and it has a pouch in the crotch that mm -hmm. holds an ice bag and a sanitary napkin because you do continue to have bleeding after you give birth. And so, and, and the ice bag is great because it just holds regular ice, cubes, chips, chopped ice, whatever you have, which is what great. in the world? Dr. Yeah. Man, where were you when I needed you with all of my kids? Oh, I wish I was there. I would have helped you. Um, and it's great because labor and delivery units and postpartum units have ice. Mm -hmm. And so it's very easy. They don't have freezers, so you can't do a freezy thing, but they do have ice. And you just fill up the bag with ice and pop it in the pouch and put on your your Pip's panty and you can get up and walk around and put your clothes on. Nobody will even know it's there. That sounds like a stressor that is alleviated like nothing else right now. Seriously, because that's one more thing not to have to worry about, you know. Um, where can we maybe find this Pip's, that's P-I-P, panties? Yeah, Pip's, P-I-P-S, panty. Yep, I have a website. It's pipscomfortcare.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also on Amazon, but to be honest, if you go through my website, you don't get charged for shipping. So <laughs> Excellent. I tell people, go through the website. Um, yeah. So I just said, well, you know what? If that's one thing I can do to help my moms, um, all for it. I appreciate it. Listen, depression, like just as a whole, is a challenge that can be debilita debilitating in so many ways. But just knowing that there's a, a resource or there are many resources available and really being able to educate the community that struggles with it. In this case, the mothers in the society, you never have to do it alone, you know, and I do appreciate just you taking the time out to create uh, just an avenue that will alleviate the stressors that come along with postpartum, even if it is through panties, you know, Um that's very helpful. So Dr. Mann, thank you. Thank you again for just joining us on this episode of Healthcare Tips with Ambiance. We really do appreciate having you on. Oh, it has been my great pleasure. And if I may, as one last thing before we leave, yes. there is a national maternal mental health hotline, believe it or not. And I would love to give that number. It's for pregnant individuals, new mothers, those who've given birth, 
They accommodate multiple languages. It's 24-7, free, confidential, national maternal health hotline. Nobody has to suffer alone. And if I may give that number. Absolutely. It is 1-833-943-5746. It's a great resource. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, to our listeners, thank you for joining us. It's real advice from real healthcare providers and it's healthcare made simple. Like, share, follow, and subscribe through our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Ambiance Primary Care. I'm your host, Regine Josie, family nurse practitioner and the founder of Ambiance Primary Care in Silver Spring, Maryland. Join us on the next episode of Healthcare Tips with Ambiance. Until then... Be kind to everyone for no reason.